Hey guys, it's James Chester here. You're listening to the Gather Round the Lamp podcast by underagaslitlamp.com. Gather Round the Lamp, an Aston Villa podcast. Hello and welcome back to Gather Around the Lamp, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Under a Gaslit Lamp. We've plenty to discuss again this week uh, from the past week at B6, including two very eventful matches. And we should also have a chat about how we've viewed the season so far as we're halfway through and our dreams and hopes for the next few months. As you've probably worked out by now, I'm, I'm not Regan. Um, he's got a few other things going on this afternoon, so I'm Andy, I'm standing in, he's left me in charge today, and he left me with the task of finding someone, a, a nice suitable guest for you to uh, to come on and join me today, and I don't think I've let you down, I've, I've struck gold for you ladies and gentlemen, um, and I'm delighted that Sean from 1 to 11 Kits has agreed to step in and come and chat, chat some villa with me. So welcome along, Sean. Nice to have you on. Um, just before we, we we get going, do you want to just um, tell tell our listeners just a bit about yourself and uh, and what one to eleven kits is, in case anyone's not aware of you? Yeah, brilliant. Well, you know, I'm, I'm delighted to to join the team, even if it's just for a loan, um, a loan spell for for just one game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's it's been a, a while. Since, yeah, it's been a while <laughs> since we met up on the on the grassy knoll, and it, it's great to be on. Uh, well, one to eleven kits is it's a space really where I can, uh, you know, share my obsession with classic football shirts. So if you if you you know I'm on uh, Twitter and Instagram, you can come and see some old Villa shirts or non Villa shirts that that I've got in my collection, and and just share our, our enthusiasm for. The nostalgia of of uh, all these great designs that have been in the past, and and you know share tips on where to find them or what prices you should be paying, and and how to keep an eye on uh, you know fakes etc. And it keeps me out of trouble. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a great thing, and I know we've you've helped me out with a few bits, and uh, certainly one one kit from way back in nineteen ninety, which was one of my first um, ever Villa kits, and uh, I was really pleased that you helped me with that and. Uh, I've got to lose a few pounds before I can comfortably get into it because they're, they're they're a bit smaller back then than they are now. But um, no, it's it's a great thing that you do and yeah, it's it's mad the way they change. They go, you know, especially in the eighties, they go really tight. Nineties, we go really baggy, and and we've seen to gone full circle now with the capper, and it's gone really tight again now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Which I'm I'm suffering with with now as well. But at least <laughs> they do the uh, they do the multiple XL sizes for me, which is which is all right. Um, no, that, th- thanks for that. And obviously, if anyone wants to to, to check you out, I think you're on um, on, uh, on on eBay mostly. Are you do, do most of your work or through Twitter? Yeah, you can find me on eBay, uh, Instagram, Twitter. It's the the word one, the number two, and the word eleven, and then the the word kits. Come and give us a follow and come and say hi. Yeah, well, that's great, and thanks for uh, thanks for coming on, and uh, we'll get into it. And sort of reluctantly, really, we have to talk about the Burnley match last Wednesday. <laughs> um, started incredibly well for Villa in the first half. Um, Ollie Watkins claimed his second goal in as many games, um, very early in the game, really turning in targets cross, um, and then Villa it seemed to just go through the gears, um, pr- producing. What I think was probably one of their most accomplished performances, certainly since being back in the Premier League, um, if not a bit longer than that, really. Um, it was it was excellent from, from from minute one to minute forty five, really, um, and it just looked like that we were going to run away with the match and run away and, and score two, three, four goals. Um, but but unfortunately, we didn't really add to that um, that scoreline. You know, I think Barkley hit the bar and and one or two chances for Watkins and and Kontz had a good header over the bar. But we just couldn't couldn't find that 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 break uh, to to sort of get the second and and, and put the game a, a bit more out of sight for Burnley. 
Um, I just wanted to touch really on because first of all, Watkins scored scored that goal. I think it, that puts him on ten goals for the season now in all competitions. I just wanted to ask you, you know, are you a fan of Watkins and 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 how important do you see him being to this this Villa side now and, and going forward? Well, he's he's incredibly important to the way we've we've played this season, isn't he? Um, there's just so many elements to his game. He's not a one-trick pony. He's not a Michael Owen, which is just poacher, um, and he's not a big target man uh, that's only going to get headers. Um, he does a little bit of everything, and I wouldn't say he's he's you know world class at any single aspect of his game, but. He, he can do lots of different things, can't he? Um, and he's, you know, he's had an incredible first season in, in, in Claret and Blue, his, his ability to link up play, drift down either channel. You know, you see him on the left, you see him on the right. Um, but he can get in behind teams, which is something that Wesley couldn't do last season. But he can also drop deep and, and assist in the play. Um, so it means he must be a headache for centre-backs on knowing exactly what he's going to do he can st- he's still going to improve he's not the finished article yet um still his first season but he's he's done an incredibly he's done incredibly well to to start the way he has um and he, and he works really hard as well and it's great to see that he, you know these VAR decisions that meant he had a bit of a goalless spell is, is now come to an end yeah, I'd, I'd I'd agree with that, and 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 also it's just that attitude, like like you said, like you, obviously the hard work, and but also that that attitude where he's, he's he never seems happy with his performance. He's obviously happy when he scores a goal, but he's always looking for the next one and the next one, and he doesn't get too downhearted, or he doesn't it doesn't let him it doesn't stop him from from having another go and trying to get on the end of something else, does it? And um, I I don't know about you, but I. The, the best compliment I can pay him was is that he doesn't seem like a player that's stepping up from the Championship. He, st- he looks like a player who's played in the Premier League for two or three years already. Definitely, I think that there's plenty of teams in the Premier League that he'd, he'd start in. Um, and to be honest, because we weren't in the Championship last season, um, I didn't know that much about him when he came. And, and I, I was worried about the price tag um, and what he was going to bring. But he's definitely show me what I know about football um, <laughs> and he's, yeah. he's just done really he's just done really really well hasn't he and um, I, I, what I particularly like is 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 the fact that some of our transfer business in the past has been either finished articles or, or past their best um, and he's an example of of what we're doing right at the moment in, in, in bringing players in who are going to improve not only that but we're a bigger club than where they come from and their attitude is going to be right they're going to want to play for the shirt and play for the badge and that's not something that all Premier League clubs are doing No absolutely and you know this is we'll get on to later a little bit about you know the things that have gone well for us this season and, and that's certainly one of those things is the the recruitment and and Ollie Watkins is undoubtedly a, a, an aspect of, of that and an example of, of, of how things have changed at the club beyond all recognition, really, over the last couple of years. Um, but, I mean, moving on to the, on to the second half, um, it felt like it was almost a bit symbolic. If the first half was a, an example of the great things about a Dean Smith side... The second half was probably the the, the 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 hide to that Jekyll or the other way around, whatever it is, um, where it, you know it, it was a team that that perhaps lost a little bit of confidence and and lost their way a little bit during that during the half, and obviously you know we gave up a, the lead to a, a fairly weak Ben Mee header from a corner. And all right, you know, we pushed pushed on again and 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 got the rewards. Um, Jack Grealish, it was a it was a goal. I think I think similar to to the goal he scored at Rotherham a couple of years ago, where yeah. he sort of started the move. I mean, it probably wasn't quite as um, impressive, but he started the move, um, laid it off, and got the ball back and 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 poked it home really 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 nicely. And I thought from there, I don't know if, I don't know what you thought, but I thought from there we were just going to go on and. Maybe get another couple of goals and, and and see it out. I don't think at any point up to to sort of seventy minutes, I thought we were going to lose the game. No, absolutely, 
Absolutely, and 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 that was the that was the shocker, really. Then, when you get the uh, the goal from from Dwight McNeil, it's it's kind of a weak cross shot sort of thing into the penalty area. You're almost expecting someone to touch it home or, or clear it away, and it just it's got a rolls past Martinez into the corner, and it was it was a real disaster, really. And I suppose a bit of an anomaly, really, and one of those that you you just put down to a bit of a freak goal. But then that was followed up. Um, a short while later, by by Chris Wood doing what he does and nodded in at the back stick. Um, nice, nice header. But again, just just felt a little bit like it was preventable, really. Um, and that's what Burnley do, and that's what Sean Dyche's team do, and and they managed to hit, hang on then for the for the win. I mean, how did you see this turn of events? Does it concern you how how kind of quickly we we succumb to just that little bit of Route One pressure? Or do you put it down to a just an anomaly and just one of those things? I think I saw bits of of the second half in Burnley, the game previously at, at Newcastle, um, where we we just I, personally I put it down to complacency and overconfidence, um, which can creep in uh, when you're playing well, and, and we have been playing well. Um, you know, I'm not sure if you heard, but Jack, you know, Jack, you could hear Jack on the on the sideline uh, during the Newcastle game, just saying, "Come on, you know, just keep passing it, keep passing it." And I think it was the same where I, I don't think even the team thought we were going to lose that game once we were two one up. Um, and then that that goal from from Dwight McNeil, you know, nine times out of ten that doesn't go in. Um, so you know anything can happen in the Premier League. It, it's such a game of small margins, and and, and, on, and I think I still think that in any on any other day we would have won that game. It was just one of them halves of football that we have to just learn from. Um, I don't think Burnley have ever scored three in a, in a game, have they? In, in, in the Premier League. <laughs> oh, that that was another 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 aspect to it, wasn't it? Where you know, obviously. Burnley haven't been scoring goals so to, to concede three against them but I think you do have to perhaps look at it in the context of, of, of what happened within the game and we were by far the better side certainly for like you say 70 odd minutes um, and that just shows you if you just switch off you just have five or ten minutes of, of, of switching off um, which this side have done you know we have we have had these spells um, it can really it can really cost you um, I mean, it's, it certainly seemed like Smith and his players took the result personally. It felt like they were they were angered by it after the game. There were the, the interviews and the and certainly some of the social media stuff seemed um, there was an annoyance there, and and it, it clearly niggled them. Um, and they were obviously keen to to put it right uh, yesterday when they went to St Mary's to face Southampton. Um, I mean, what, one of the causes for concerns about the Burnley game, I think, was was the the, the fitness levels of the players, um, their ability, you know, to, to perhaps, you know, they started really well and they kept that going, but 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 they felt they did fall away and and you know, I just wondered, you know, were you surprised when you saw the team for Southampton yesterday? Were you surprised that? There weren't one or two changes just to freshen it up, or that that maybe that Morgan Sanson, the new signing, wasn't wasn't involved at all. I think some of the concerns are there, and I think Dean Smith will have them concerns the same as the fans. Um, I don't think the management team's stupid, um, and I know that you know John McGinn seems to tire because he puts everything in. Uh, Barkley isn't yet at his peak and you definitely don't want him to get injured again. But I think it's very difficult when you're the manager or the management team, you know if you leave someone out and uh, and the result doesn't go your way in the next game, you just know everyone's going to jump on you, aren't they? Uh, oh, well, if they'd, you know, if they'd kept McGinn in or if they'd kept Barkley in or if they'd kept, you know, Grealish in. Watkins, you haven't really got anyone to change him for. Um, the only people I see with any depth that we can put on is really the the wingers, uh, which are usually the substitutes that come on. But yeah, it's, it's a difficult one, isn't it? When, when you've been such a good team this season, uh, you don't want to ruin that or, or, or disrupt the team. You, you, you've seen some signings in the past that come in. Um, I'm thinking of, of Asprilia at Newcastle when they were 12 points clear back in 96. He comes in and they lose the league, you know, 
things can happen and I don't think it's just as easy as he comes straight in and give him more time to train with the players um, and then come in off the bench or come in for a second half or come in and start after a game or two. Uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a difficult one, isn't it, to know? Um, but the result hopefully highlights that it was the right call. Well, absolutely. And, you know, it was a very different uh, game, wasn't it, against Southampton? We certainly weren't particularly quick quick out the blocks um, as we were against Burnley. Um, Southampton made a lot of the early running. Um, and, and very early on, we, we perhaps got away with one when, you know, a very tidy bit of skill from, from Danny Ings allowed him to cut the ball back for Armstrong, who drilled the ball goalwards and it, it looked for all the world like it, 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 it was stopped by Matty Cash, Matty Cash's hand. Um, I was waiting for the, the VAR to give it. I was waiting for the ref to give it, to be honest with you, um, but it went to VAR and... And they ruled no penalty. Um, what did you make of this one? A little bit of overdue fortune or just a complete howler for, for the ref? I think it's it's incredible the difference between what pundits and fans think how football should be played and uh, the actual rules of the game, you know, even with the offside uh, and other decisions, you go and watch Match of the Day uh, or Sky Sports or whoever you watch. And, and we've always, I feel like we've always got a lot of a different opinions compared to what the actual results are. For me, if I was making the game of football, that would be a handball. Um, we're just fortunate that the, the rules have been changed um, I definitely think if there was no VAR um, if that had happened six or seven seasons ago I think the ref would have blown for a penalty um, because of the position where his body was um, but we're fortunate in the sense that the, the rule has been changed um, and that they actually stuck to the rules because sometimes we can get the bad luck with VAR and you know things that like, I don't know, Bruno Fernandes standing on your player, they get a penalty. <laughs> this was one where, you know, they got it right. Yeah. Yeah, well, I suppose that's it. The, the letter of the law um, suggests that it was right, you know, and, and I think they they came to that conclusion, but it doesn't it doesn't stop you looking at that and thinking, no, that's he's, he's, he's hit that with his hand and it stopped the ball going, <laughs> going in the net or certainly yeah, that's, that's the keeper what I mean. having to make a save, you know. Um if so you're a, a Southampton one. fan, you, yeah, if, I think if you're a South, South, Southampton fan, you'd be aggrieved with that and you'd think that the rule needs to be changed. Um, it, it's it's a difficult one, isn't it? I thought it was going to be a handball. Um, yeah. I'm just glad that yeah. the rule means that it wasn't. Yeah. Well, you know, they, they certainly got away with it. and But Southampton continued to press forward. Um, and although they struggled to create anything concrete, they were certainly... Um, making a lot of the play in our final third, um, it looked like they they were potentially you know you know going to going to get something. If if any team was going to score, it was going to be them. Um, but then, as we as we so often see, you know, a bit, a bit of a shift in the play, and 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 Villa had a good a good few minutes, and you know, it's a nice little move by between Target and Grealish um, down the left hand side, which which ended in Grealish. Whipping a lovely cross in, um, as he does, and it was it was met by Ross Barkley, who emphatically powered his header past McCarthy. He really, really put some some power behind the header, and and it went in the net. It's about forty minutes into the into the half, and it just looked like it was it was um, you know just desserts really for some of the defending that we that we'd done. We'd really put a shift in um, along the back four. Um, it was against the run of the first half, but it just shows how how dangerous our forward players can be. If teams don't take their chances, we we can do this to teams. We, it's the sucker punch we can do with the likes of with the likes of Grealish and Barkley that we have. It's it's, it's nice to see, isn't it? You know, it's definitely felt like the sort of thing that would usually happen to us um, the other way round, um, and it's it's just funny that this is you know a game of such small margins that I said before previously, you know, the game of the Burnley game, we were on top and on the face of it in, you know, inverted finger, air, air fingers should have won that game. Um, 
and then the first half against Southampton, they've been much the best, much the better side. Um, they would feel more confident going in at half time. You'd imagine um, the run of play was was with them, but it only takes one one chance, and goals change games, don't they? And we've come up with a humdinger there, just at nearly the the perfect time. And uh, wow, yeah, I was off my seat. I was so happy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Me too. And I think I think it was great for Barkley as well, wasn't it? Because um, he has struggled a li- little bit, perhaps since coming back from injury, as you might expect. You know, he's getting back up to up to full fitness, but but that should give him a bit of confidence uh, going forward now. Hundred percent. I think sometimes people forget that these are humans with bodies and legs and arms, and they're not robots. They can't just turn <laughs> it on and off. Um, I, yeah. I love the bit where he started poking himself in the head after he scored it. Like he even even he looked surprised that he that he scored it with his head. Um, but yeah, it was a brilliant moment, and I'd love for us to keep him. Yeah, I mean he should he should be scoring more headers. Um, the way he took that header, I thought it was, I thought it was lovely. The way he he didn't divert it back across, and he didn't really glance it on. He 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 just he just headed it directly. Um, Past the goalkeeper, which um, I thought was I thought it was excellent technique because it because it was a it was a really whipped cross by Grealish. It wasn't an easy cross, I don't think, to to connect with properly to head in, but he, he certainly did it. The, the timing of the run as well to to be in that position uh, and to be in space was you know it's good anticipation of where the play is going to be going. And then he, he took the header with such composure. Um, I know he's he's twenty six, twenty seven now, uh, but but it it had the you know it looked like someone much more experienced, um, and it looked like a, a, a centre forward, didn't it? Rather than you know the, the the old number old number ten, the old target man goal, uh, what Chris Wood would have been doing the game before. Yeah, well, I think I think that's it, and I think if you you know he is he is a kind of classic number ten, isn't he? Where he will make those those runs into the box and be more of a goal threat. Whereas Jack Grealish, Jack Grealish is probably more of a a sort of modern, more modern number ten, perhaps where he, you know, he perhaps plays a little bit deeper and he's more creative. Um, but you know, I, I love to see um, you know Barkley making those those runs and and joining Watkins in the penalty area for those those opportunities. And you know, it's um, it's just an extra an extra threat that that, that we pose really. Um, I mean, the, se- the second half. I don't. I, sorry, go on. Yeah, um, I don't think that we we're, we're going to be able to rely on Watkins' goals alone. It's incredibly important that the three lads behind him, Barkley, Grealish, um, and Trey Oray, are getting goals and assists as well. Um, and it does them all the world of confidence and makes it that much harder for for new guys to to get into the team. Yeah, and then you, you mentioned uh, Trey Oray actually. Um, but of course, that position's been held by by three different players really this season, hasn't it? And and at different times, they've they've all stepped up um, with the goals and assists when they've when they've been given the opportunity. Um, Trezeguet and El Ghazi also. So, um, I mean, that's very encouraging, isn't it? It's that that strength and depth seems to have made them better. Maybe it's a mental thing. You know, you know that people behind you are coming back, or they're going to be fighting for your place. So. You're giving it your all, even though you might not be playing. You know, when you come from a different country and you come to play for Aston Villa, it's hard to suddenly gain a love for the club like you would be if you were Jack Grealish, and to give the same hundred percent every week in week out. Um, It can become, I imagine, a bit mundane to be a footballer. You know, first world problems. Um, So when you've got that competition for places, it it just adds five, five, ten percent to the level that everyone has to put in or they know they won't be in the team and and if there's one thing they all want to do it's they all want to play don't they no absolutely and they they it seems that that Dean Smith has created this environment where they they all know they're going to get their opportunity um and they're all ready to take it they're all and they all know what what's expected of them when they when they do get the chance and so far the, the three of those lads Traore Trezeguet and El Ghazi I think have have, have stepped up to the plate and obviously Traore's got the shirt at the moment but you know you're one suspension or or, or injury or, or whatever away from from that changing again and you know so I think they're all much of a muchness in, in, in that respect 
Um, but ju- I mean, j- just to, to kind of move on to the second half, it followed a si- similar pattern, really. And, you know, Southampton, you know, looking to make most of the play in our, in our area or our, our half, I should say. Um, and us maybe looking a bit more dangerous on the break. Um, just sort of flicking through social media as I try not to do, but I I, I was, and there was a lot of um, fans obviously calling for for Smith to make changes. Um, there were certain players, McGinn, perhaps perhaps Barkley, maybe even Truore, who were who were perhaps struggling a little bit, a bit fatigued or a bit off the pace. Um, now it's difficult, obviously, to comment in hindsight, having won the game, um, you know, but but. Smith seems to have this reluctance to make changes, um, particularly for before about the last twenty minutes. Um, does this concern you at all, or 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 do you feel that you know that that's fine? He understands his players and his team, and he he knows what what he needs to to get the best out of them. First off, just on the on the social media front, um, I've won the Champions League with Aston Villa on Football Manager, so and I don't go shouting about what substitutions he needs to be bloody making. Um, I think everyone's got an opinion, don't they? Uh, and everyone thinks they know what's best, um, but ultimately. He's been a manager for a long time. Um, he's much more experienced than all of us, and he's not doing a bad job at the moment. Um, give the guy a bit of a break, um, a little bit maybe. Um, it, yeah, it, it's a concern um, that we don't have the strength where he feels he can mix it up. Um, but maybe you know, if if we were losing and he was mixing it up, we'd be saying. Is he changing things too often? Uh, you know, it's one of them. We can't. The guy can't win. Managers can't win, can they? In, in general, um, I was across the whole of this season. What I have been is, is thoroughly entertained, um, and I can't say that often as an Aston Villa fan. And you know, it's just been it's just been good football on it. No, absolutely. I, I, I totally agree with that, Sean. And uh, you know, it's it's one of those things, I suppose. And and you could look at it the other way. You know, you know, he could he could take Barkley off and bring Sanson on, or bring the Camber on, and you know, and it falls to bits. And suddenly they they're not they're not sure what they're meant to be doing. Or you know, it could be a change that that affects things. And I can understand when the game is on a knife edge. You know why you don't maybe want to tip the balance too much, and you, you you know if they're doing if if the lads are out there doing what they're being asked to do, um, you know why change it? And they were one nil up, and it, it just seemed in. And obviously, if you if you lose a goal as we almost did, um, then you can ask questions, and then you can say, well, maybe maybe we should have freshened it up a bit. But I think as as the game was poised. Um, it's hard to go. I know exactly what we need to do now uh, to to change this and, and make sure we win because <laughs> it's just impossible to know. I think, and and any manager that say they know, I think are lucky <laughs> as much as anything. Yeah, one nil is such a difficult scoreline, isn't it? You don't know whether to go and try and get that second goal. It, um, you know, from from Southampton's point of view, they're their job was just to try and get a goal. You know, their job was just to attack it. It was a very straightforward decision to make. Um, they're in a position where they've got nothing to lose. They can only go forward and try and get one. From others, it's a bit more difficult. Do we go and try and change it in terms of bringing on a Nakamba, uh, taking off an attacking player? Uh, but then if they do get that equaliser anyway, then we're in a worse opposition to then try and win the game. Um, it's it's hard, isn't it? Um Ultimately, it's just it's it's nice that the decision didn't affect us on this occasion. It might do in the future, um, or, and vice versa. We might change it, and that might affect us. Each game's different, isn't it? Absolutely, and I, I do think as well that Dean Smith is is very much a um, a man for defending from the front, and I think having those that front three pushed up is important to that and. Potentially, if you take a, an attacking player off and bring on a defensive player, then all that allows is for the opposition then to push an extra player forward, and then then you might find yourself under the pump a little bit more and and and, and struggling, and potentially conceding not just an equaliser but a, you know a winning goal as well. So it's it's not as easy as just saying right we we bring on our defensive players now and shut 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 the game down because it. 
you know that might that might work for for Pep at Man City or or, or Klopp at Liverpool with their, the quality they have, but it, it's not necessarily going to work in the same way for us. Um, and I, no, I just you, always you've sorry. seen since the sub yeah you've you've seen since the substitutions have gone back down to three that it's been easier for us and harder for the big teams um, because they're able to bring on like for like and we're not able to bring on like for like that's just the situation we're in at the moment it's going to take time yeah absolutely and uh you know like you say I, I trust smith's judgment on on that until until such time as there's evidence that he's he's lost the plot or he doesn't know what he's doing anymore so you know we we'll we'll, we'll stick with him for now um obviously uh you know there was one one other big talking point um I just wanted to to talk a little bit about our goalkeeper first, though. Um, he seemed like the saviour again. Um, first of all, there was uh, Che Adams sort of broke into the penalty area and, and tried to flick the ball over him. Got got a good sort of touch on it, really, and and and, and Martinez managed to get get a good palm on it to save it from close range. It has to be said. And then the second one, um, how he saved. The, the shot from Armstrong from point blank range I, I just have no idea um, you know talk to me about Martinez he, he's got to be up there as one of the signings of the season not just for us but in the Premier League yeah definitely one of the signings of the season one, you know one of the signings of the season throughout the, the whole world on planet Earth uh, in that in that summer transfer window we're lucky that he wasn't liked or favoured by Arteta and, and that we've been able to get in there first I don't ever remember him I remember him, you know, I remember seeing him at Reading but this guy just seems to be a late a late bloomer, it happens in football doesn't it you've got sometimes a Wayne Rooney or whatever that bursts onto the scene at 16 and then sometimes you've got these players that just seem to get better with age like a Vardy or, or like Martinez and now he's he's appeared and he's one of the best keepers in the Premier League and, and the stats don't lie. I think he's second in clean sheets um, at a, a club like Aston Villa, which is not easy to do. And I don't know, Martinez must be Argentinian for brick wall, mustn't it? Mustn't it? I don't know what what he's made of, but he's incredible. I love him. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. I, I can't think of. Um, I always say that Jed Steers, my favourite favourite Villa goalkeeper of all time just because of that that penalty shootout against West Brom but in reality you know Villa when I was growing up Villa always had had good goalkeepers obviously Spink, Bosnich, David James and before that there was Jimmy Rimmer who I don't remember but but he was certainly an excellent goalkeeper but really in the last 15-20 years we've not had maybe Friedel but we've not had a really consistent number one um, where we thought we can hang our hat on him um, but Martinez certainly seems to be that that player now and I, I just think it's a miracle signing like you say so many things had to fall into place um, for that to happen and that could have it could have been stopped at any moment if Arsenal had their wits about him, about them at all um, they obviously needed the, the, the money for that and you know it's 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 obviously great for us, but every game now he's pulling off at least one astonishing save. Every game, it's unbelievable. It's it, it's it's incredible, isn't it? And and just sometimes maybe things are just meant to be, um, and things start pulling together for a club. The amount of times that teams have spent a lot more than that. Yeah, how much should Chelsea spend on Kepa? Seventy odd million. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. How much yeah. have we spent on Martinez? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Chalk yeah. and cheese. He's he's got something to prove. He's he's been in the background for so long, um, and he's got a mentality where yeah, he's he's got something to prove. I I, I think he, he he'd love to stick it to Arsenal. He'd love for us to finish higher than them, which I think we we hopefully will. Um, He's just been incredible. Not enough superlatives or whatever the word is to, to say about him. No, I, th- I think I think that's the thing, isn't it? You you run out of describing words for these, for certainly for him, but one or two of the other uh, summer signings as well. Um, long may it continue, and hopefully, you know, I, I said on this podcast a while back when we were talking about him that for goalkeepers they probably do bloom a bit later, and 
you know, maybe he's got his dodgy years um, out of the way while he's been on loan at some other places, Reading, etc. And he's now the finished article and he's arrived at Villa Park. <laughs> um, yeah. Ready to, ready to be one of the best. It is a fantastic age and, you know, he could, he could continue if he's 28 now. You know, he could be the, the, the number one goalkeeper six, seven years, absolutely. Um, so, you know, absolutely. It's, I mean, it's still only half a season between the sticks at Villa Park. Hopefully he stays fit and, and hopefully he just continues to go from strength to strength. And, uh, yeah, absolutely couldn't couldn't agree more. Absolutely love love the guy now. Um, so the, the final... Um, Aspect of the match yesterday really was the the uh, the another VAR con- controversy, if you like, uh, where Danny Ings was was a judge to have, have started from an offside position um, as the ball kind of broke to him and he he, he ran on and um, slammed it into the net uh, from close range. But he was he was a judge that his his shirt sleeve was slightly ahead of uh, Matty Cash's backside on this occasion and. Uh, such as the the, the 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 offside law and the the, the VAR um, input on that that um, that he was given offside. Um, obviously, we had to go through the the line drawing purgatory, you know, to get to that point. Um, but it did seem like it was the the most minute of margins, and you know, I mean, we obviously we've had some some things go against us this season. As it's been well well documented, and we've talked about it a lot. Um, this one helped us, you know. But but is this really what we want to see as football fans? This this type of decision? No, definitely not. You know, the same as West Ham. Well, you know, Ali Watkins against West Ham. I can't sit and and get so angry and birate about that that decision to then go oh well this one's obviously offside because it's for us and we've got it you, you don't this isn't what we want to see as football fans we want to see the attackers get the advantage we want to see goals we want to see it to be exciting and yes it would have made last night disappointing from an Aston Villa point of view um but from a football perspective uh, or a neutral perspective when I'm watching anything um or if it was the other way around you'd want that to 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 be a goal um we've been fortunate you know that's that's literally a split second. Where's your arm, or where's you? The, the tiniest of margins um, has helped us there. Um, but it's, it's you'd feel so aggrieved if you're a Southampton fan uh, last night. You, you'd be really, really angry. Absolutely, and I suppose you can. You we we can empathise with that to some degree. And whilst I don't, you know, necessarily have. The sympathy I would have had has perhaps been eroded by the 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 the, the, the issues we've had with VAR over the full sort of one and a half years that it's been in in force in the Premier League. But um, you could you just put yourself in that position, and 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 I can't I can't believe that any referee at Stockley Park or at the ground is is looking at that and thinking this is the right thing to do. Um, for me, in, in in the real world, that's level and it's onside, and um, you know, yeah, you have to feel for for Southampton to some degree, and and and, and obviously for Danny Ings and and um, the fans. Yeah, it's nice that it is consistent, though. Uh, you know, if that had not been ruled out, we would be saying we'd be on this podcast going, "How can they rule out the West Ham goal, but not rule out this?" So uh, at least it's it's. Becoming slightly more consistent, maybe they'll probably ruin it next week, won't they? Yeah. Well, well, Dean Smith said the same thing. He said he can't. He doesn't complain about offsides because it's the same for everyone, and and everyone is subject to the same scrutiny. So, from that point of view, and 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 that's a that's a classic Dean Smith answer, isn't it? It's it's very sort of um, uh, very considered and and fair, really, um, way of looking at it. Um, but yeah, I think. Certainly, when you're at games, and maybe they're a little bit fortunate that fans aren't in the grounds and they can, you know, mess about with the game without too much uh, too much trouble being caused at the moment. Yeah, it's it's, it's worse when you're in the stands. It, it's so much more worse than when you're in the stands, especially when it goes against you. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't I couldn't agree more. So, 
So, so on to on to better things. Really, that's that's now ten wins for Aston Villa this season. Um, in just half the season, that's nineteen games gone, ten wins, and we're only three points shy of the the total that we got last season um, at halfway point. Um, it's been really an astonishing improvement from last season. Um, but I want to know, I mean, what do you think are the significant aspects for you? We've perhaps touched on recruitment a little bit earlier as well, but w- what are the things that have, have helped the team improve? And do you have any thoughts about Dean Smith um, and what might have changed, um, you know, the, the way he does things to help his own position, really, from from this time last year, really? I think it's a it's a learning curve, isn't it? Um, it's... Becoming a manager is one of the most difficult jobs in the world. Dean Smith has learned from his mistakes, uh, and that hence why he's still in the job uh, when other managers in the league aren't. You know, it's not as easy as you know everything. Um, every season he'll become a better manager than he was. You're not suddenly a good manager and then suddenly a bad manager. I don't suddenly think Jose Mourinho is now a bad manager. Uh, he's probably a better manager than he was when he was winning Champions Leagues with Inter Milan and Porto, etc. Um, and Dean Smith is. He's, he's noticed that there was something in the coaching staff that's been changed um, and we've brought in more experience with Craig, Greg Shakespeare. The team has had more time to settle in and bed in. I think the no fans has, has maybe helped us a little bit um, and we were lucky with the with the pandemic and having time to improve because otherwise we, we definitely, I think we would have gone down. And the players have all improved. Concerts come on, miles, targets come on, miles. Injuries, which was happening last season, seem to, you know, touch wood be less. For example, Tom Heaton, Wesley, McGinn, um, and they can make an, a massive impact to a season. You look at Wolves with uh, Jimenez. Um, so there's always some luck involved as well. Um, but yeah, just things seem to, to be to be ticking right for us for once. Um, and, and hopefully it'll, it'll continue. I, 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 I'm not as high hoped as as some people um, who think that you know two years time from now we'll be in the Champions League. Um, I think it's maybe two steps forward, maybe one seat. You know, next season might be one step back, but it's a slow process, uh, football, and it's it, and it's mad. Um, if we can just stay consistent uh, and keep winning games. Keep being competitive. That's what I've liked the most. Every single game, even when we lose, Man City or Man United, we've been competitive in the game, and that's all you can you can ask for as a football fan. Uh, you go in thinking I've got some chance of winning this, and it's going to be nice to watch. Yes, I think that's true. I think I think going to games feeling like, or going into games, I should say, feeling like we've got a chance. I think one of my one of my issues with when we first got promoted was. I'm going to be turning up at games knowing that we're going to get an absolute shoe in, um, and that did happen. and uh, And it's not not all that enjoyable when it's like that. But certainly this season, if we were going to games, you'd be turning up in good spirits, feeling like, yeah, we've got a we've got a chance. Whoever we're playing, and certainly if we'd have been there to witness um, beating Liverpool seven two, I don't think we'd have uh, quite come wow, down yeah. off the whole ten ceiling, would we? <laughs> I live, I live that end of of the UK as well. Yeah. So it's, it's, I've, I've lived off that for for the past few months. That's all I talked about through lockdown. Yeah, and and, and rightly so. And that's that's you you never know when your next big walloping is going to come from, do you? So you've you've got to um you've got to enjoy them when they when they happen. Um, and some just sorry, on Dean Smith as well. Yeah, just on Dean Smith as well. The same as it's you know last season. He nearly lost his job, let's be honest, um, if it had carried on the way it was going. But the same as it's not all his reason why we're doing so successful now, we need to remember in the tough times, if they still come this season, that it's not going to be all his fault if we're losing games. It's not as simplistic as that. I don't think he should get all the plundits um, for this season. It's him and a team of people and the players um, and vice versa. If, If we go through rocky periods... Um, it's not all going to be his fault. We've gone on a fantastic journey since he's come, and let's make sure we still give him time to to continue to learn. Yeah, I think that's really important, isn't it? Because you know we've seen that you know an, on another you know another CEO in charge, and 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 they would have sacked sacked the manager um, even over lockdown. They may have said, "Do you know what we're going to?" We're going to cut our losses here and bring in Tony Pulis and then try and stay in the Premier League. You know, it wouldn't have been 
beyond the realms of possibility to to consider that. And I think you're absolutely right that, you know, Dean Smith has one thing he has shown is that if he is going through a bad bad patch, he can be very introspective and he can sort it out. He's not got too much of an ego that that he won't um, he won't correct things. So I think you're absolutely right with that. I think that's a re- re- you know the, a great point to make um, on Dean Smith. Um, and I want him. I'm sure there are lots of Villa fans and yourself, hope prob- probably included, that, that would like to see Dean Smith manager for for a long long time to come. Hundred percent. I would love for us to be one of the sides with continuity, to have a culture and a, and a club. One of the clubs that I admire the most in the world is, you know, Atletico Bilbao, who have got a real identity. You love the clubs of identity, like a Barcelona or an Ajax, who play a certain way or do a certain... They do something different to the rest of the mould. Man United used to be like that with Alex Ferguson, and even though you might not like Man United, you used to respect them as a club uh, for keeping traditional, keeping homegrown players and stuff like that, you know. Us having a homegrown lad as the manager and as the captain has been one of the biggest joys as a fan to be able to see uh, people that you know love and care about the club and they're not just doing it for the for the pay packet. Um, and if you're, I don't know, say I was a manager hiring someone for a job, that's what you'd look for in someone, really. Uh, not necessarily the most skilled person ever and we just need to stick with him through good times and bad times. Yeah, absolutely. I, 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 I second that. I think that's... Uh... That's a great point to, to make. So, I mean, go, going on to the the season, what 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 do you think the, the target is now? What's what do you see for the rest of the season, and what's the target and what's the minimum requirement? We're going to win the league, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> that's what, that's what's going well, on. obviously, we're win but. The league. <laughs> uh, so, minimum requirement is first. No, um, any. Uh, do you know what? Anything can happen in this game of football. We could lose Jack Grealish, Ross Barkley um, and Martinez in the next three games. And it could be a struggle now to the end of the season. So based on everything staying as it is, then you'd like for us to to finish in the top 10. Uh, But depending on the situation... If we get serious injuries, uh, there shouldn't be an inquest into the performance of Dean Smith and the management team or the the director of football. It could just be one of them. Um, Anything, if we finish 12th, it's still a good season. You know, come last season, I was sat there thinking anything other than being on the last day of the season in the relegation zone, I'm going to take. Because for the past three seasons, I spent two of them at Wembley, uh, you know, and one of them now, where I can stay up. I just want to, just want to relax, maybe, and chill a little bit, and just, just enjoy myself. So, yeah, continuation of this, of this, no pressure, um, would be nice. Yeah, and I think, I think you've always got to look at those um, attaining those targets, haven't you? Of, of say European football, etc., which isn't beyond the realms of possibility from the position we're in. But we also have to remember that we are in a process. It's not like it's not now or never, is it? It's you know there is there is a there is a you know a process involved here, and we we are in good hands. It's not it's not a case of if we finish outside Europe this season, that's it. That's our chance gone. Um, you know we can come again stronger. Yeah, I don't know about you, but also I don't necessarily want to be in the Europa League next season. Um, because I don't think we've got the depth um, and I don't want, you know, you could get to the Europa, Europa League this season and then the next season you end up finishing 14th uh, which has happened to the, you know, over the past 20 years I think of, you know, Wolverhampton, Newcastle United Bolton, all these clubs Blackburn Rovers that have all gone into the UEFA Cup over the past 20 years and then the next season they struggle um, so for me it'd be perfect to finish about eighth and then keep your best players and build again and have a stronger season. Again, another season of enjoyment and everyone happy around the place, slow building, um, but feeling like we're going in the right direction. Um, and to have then more solid foundations, then next season we get into the Europa League, then, I don't know, we float with relegation, we lose Smith and everyone's unhappy. Yeah, I think I think that's a valid point, really, isn't it? And 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 just about kind yeah, of be careful what you wish for, maybe a little bit. I was, he took the words out of my mouth there. It, it is it is a case of that, isn't it? And yeah, if it's a case of you know if we don't finish in Europe, then the likelihood is that we lose our best players. Then then maybe that makes it um, a little bit more of an imperative. But at the same time, um, even with 
those best players, it, it could be a, a bit of a nightmare season. And you could see a situation where you might get a little bit of panic buying almost in the summer to try and fill out the squad to make it, um, you know, more competitive on the on the two fronts, maybe. Um, so, so absolutely, I, I, I think I just, I could just see that, you know, that big... Um, European night next season when we're all back, hopefully back at uh, Villa Top Park and, and and Ajax turn up or Inter Milan turn up. And we, and we're uh, oh, yeah, we, we're we, in the, in the... we're away to <laughs> away in the middle of nowhere down in Slovakia or somewhere. Yeah, we, I mean, we it's, can't get it, into. That'd be good. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's it's it swings and roundabouts, isn't it? And yeah, I, I, I think um, I think that's quite quite a sensible way of looking at it. It's obviously. You don't turn down the opportunity if it presents itself, but um, yeah, I yeah, wouldn't be too disappointed if we, if we don't. Yeah. It, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and 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 given the you know we've we've we put points on the board early, so so that last last day or you know that sink into the relegation zone won't happen now, which is which is very reassuring indeed. Um, while I've got you on, I know we've we've met up a few times at Villa Park over the last couple of years, and you know we've had a, had a bit of a chat in the pub and that sort of thing. Um, and I'm sure, like me, you, you can't wait to get back and and get amongst it again. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Um, I just wanted to know, you know, what do you miss most about the match day, and 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 also sort of how have you how have you coped with with not having it in your life? Um, it's been it's been quite a big a big miss for me and uh, I've probably struggled a little bit with it um, but have you you know have you managed it and you know obviously it's the same for a lot of fans all over the country who support lots of different teams but how have you kind of filled the gap and and, and, and made the best of it well I've tried to make the Balti pies but they just don't taste the same <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah you, you know they sell them in Tesco oh do they <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I should have texted you beforehand. Um, <laughs> football is a massive help to my mental health. You know, even win or lose, um, you feel a part of a community and you feel like something bigger than yourself. It's like, I don't know, maybe uh, that's what people feel like when they go to church on a Sunday or whatever, but you see the same faces, you say hi to everyone, how's everyone? Uh, you notice when people aren't there. Um, and there's a sense of a belonging that, that you miss when you don't go to the football, um, that you are, are, are part of something bigger than yourself, the excitement, the adrenaline, but also the seeing your friends and, and having a pint before. For me, it's maybe the, the you know, having a two-hour drive down and listen to my tunes and, and just have some time to myself and then... Hopefully, if we've won, have a nice two-hour drive back um, and, and listen to my tunes and, and, and have some time to myself as well and, and get out of the house. Um, so yeah, it's 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 just it's just so disappointing, isn't it? Um, but it's it's just one of them things you'd rather. It's the most important of the least important. I think Jurgen Klopp said, didn't he? And it does feel like one of them. Uh, the quicker we can get there, the better, um, but not at the the cost of of anyone's lives and. It's an unprecedented world situation, isn't it? Um, but yeah, I'd love, you'd love to be back there as soon as possible. I'm just glad that they they turned over that. That you know when they were going to start making us charge for the games again, and then they they um, that you're going to have a pay per view. It's just nice that they're all on TV and that you don't you know you get on with your normal subscription or whatever. Um, and hopefully we can get back there as quickly as possible, um, and we can all be safe and we can get a we can get an IPA again, mate. Yeah, absolutely, and and meet up at the uh, at the tavern. Perhaps I think there'll be a lot of people hoping for that and longing for that. I think you're right in the in the respect that you can make your own match day to some degree, can't you? And you know, I was I always make sure I've got me got me shirt on, and you know, I, I was before I had a bit of a heart trouble. I was I was uh, I was having my my bolty pies and my and my my villa beers, you know, <laughs> um, before I had to stop that the last few weeks. But um, yeah, you make a bit of a match day of it, don't you? And you know, I know. You know, I'm in a couple of um, WhatsApp groups and things like that, that that kind of help the help the thing along as well. And you know, I I, I talk to the 
because as long as you're winning, it's all yeah. bloody kicking off otherwise, isn't it? Yeah. And what the worst thing you can do is, uh, the worst thing I have, if I watch it on my PlayStation, then I'll go through Now TV onto my PlayStation. I'm sort of at the same point as my WhatsApp group. But if I watch it on my phone, I'm a delayed. Yeah. And, then, and then it comes yeah. up and you watch it on your phone and then it comes up saying goal. And then you're like, oh, yeah. well, there's a goal now, isn't there? <laughs> it's not even happened yet on your phone. <laughs> so so the, the WhatsApp group can ruin it sometimes. It's yeah. a bit of a beware. Absolutely. Tur- turn turn it all off and uh, it's, it's hard, isn't it? Because, I mean, I had a similar sort of watch along um, the other week and what we did was actually rewind it. The, my friend paused his until I caught up and then we were together on the, the same page with it, which was which was a good way of doing it. Um, but, yeah, it's, it, it has been incredibly difficult. I mean, obviously, I echo what you say about it has to be safe and, you know, we want we want to be going back knowing that... that um, Within reason, I suppose that we're we're all safe and we're through the worst of it, and we might have to still take some precautions. But there's a point to be made as well that it, you know, even though there's different levels of risk for COVID, um, maybe as a sign of respect, we we shouldn't be going till everyone can safely go because there's there's people that are a lot higher risk than ourselves, and even though we might want to go and we might think, oh well, I'd risk it or whatever, um, there's people that would want to equally go as as bad as us. But, but wouldn't be able to take that risk for one reason or another. Uh, we'll just be patient and uh, and we'll get there. And it'd be even better. It'd be like VE no, day. Totally we'll, all be, we'll all be jumping in the streets outside <laughs> Villa Park. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't imagine what it what it what the atmosphere is going to be like. But I think I said to someone the other day that anyone caught moaning, it's a ten year <laughs> ban for me. What do you go to the football for? If you're not no moaning. moaning. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true. That is true. Um, okay, so I mean, obviously, just to finish off, then you know, we uh, we've got two home games coming up um, in the next week or so. We're we're at home to West Ham, and then Arsenal on Saturday. Um, big big test for the for the team, and you know, I think it's the last time we've got we've got the the double header in the week um, for for a little while. Just wanted to sort of finish off by saying, firstly, would you make any changes for the West Ham game? Um, and also, do you want to give me a quick prediction for, for both games? It's hard at the moment, isn't it? Based on our recent form, the games that you, you're doing better in, you, we've lost, and the games we've done worse in that we've bloody won. So uh, West Ham are, are in good form in 2021, aren't they? Um, but that doesn't last forever. Hopefully this is the game where they where they come unstuck and, and we'll take all three points. In terms of making changes, see, I'd still be reluctant. Um, you can always substitute them if they look tired at half time. You've got three players. I don't think the full team will be will be crane crackered or knackered. Um, so yeah, I, I'd I'd give them. I'd give probably the the normal team a start. Um, if there was anyone to change, it, it'd probably be McGinn um, for Nakamba or for for Sanson. Um, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully we can bag we can bag at least a point. No, <laughs> hopefully we can bag at least <laughs> at least uh, three points. If we can get a win out of one of the two, or we can get uh, a win and a draw, then then that's good. Uh, but there isn't really any pressure on us. That's the way I see it. There's no pressure on us in either game. Uh, only the pressure that we put on put on ourselves. Let's let's just enjoy both games uh, and go out and, and and entertain us. Let's see Jack doing some tricks. Let's see uh, hopefully see some goals. And just just be in both games and, and not get battered. And if if they, should, I think that both of them should be probably Arsenal should definitely be more worried about us. I know they've they've improved a little bit recently, but they should be more worried about us. West Ham it's it's a tricky one. They're in form, uh, but that doesn't last forever. Yeah, and I think West Ham certainly we we were just as Southampton we were unlucky last night. We were we were just as unlucky not to come away with something um, from West Ham. We certainly outplayed them I think for, for most of the game at, at their place and, and we're very unlucky not to not to get that equaliser with the VAR decision late on so um, we've certainly got one perhaps from something to prove there um, against West Ham uh-huh. 100%. So, I'd say so so go t- give me your predictions then West Ham first alright and West, West Ham we're going to get our own back Yeah. Arsenal are going to get their own back right okay <laughs> 
<laughs> okay. That's what I'm going to go with. Okay, so so by the end of the week we'll be on the the 35, the magic 35 points. Um, so I'd I'd certainly take yeah. that. I'd rather not lose to Arsenal, but I'm going to say I think we'll beat West Ham two uh, 0 and I think we'll get a draw, a, a, a scoring draw two two at home to Arsenal. So I'm going to I'm going to go for four points. Um, but I just just want to say four it's been goals to go on. Four goals to to jump up and down and scare me dog. That, yeah, that'll be happy anyway. So <laughs> that, I'll, I'll I'll take that. Yeah, absolutely. Me too. Um, I just want to say it's been a it's been a, a pleasure having you on on the podcast um, today. It's been it, it's been great to chat and and talk over talk over the the villa the villa goings on. Um, and I hope everyone's enjoyed it. Um, you can head over and, and and look at look at some of our, our articles. Um, we've got a, a talented team over at under under a gaslit lamp, and you can you can go and go and read um, some some really good stuff over there at underagaslitlamp.com. Um, oh, you can follow um, follow us on all the social media platforms. I'm not I'm not quite abreast of the uh, the, the full details for that, but we are on. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to check us out on there, and this all includes, um, you know, updates on the women's team and the academy sides as well. So it's a it's a fairly full, comprehensive um, package that we we that Regan and, and the rest of us put together. So um, for now, take care, look after yourselves, and up the villa.